Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. It is October the 29th, and we have a great podcast for all of you guys today. Julie Harris, who has not yet grabbed her microphone. Here you go. No, don't clip it. Just hold it. Ready to rumble. And we have a really good topic, and this topic is, as a result, like all of our topics from, uh, you know, listener and and student demand. So when you guys are asking a lot of the same questions, Julie and I will often uh, see that pattern developing. And remember, we've got, you know, 13 or 15 different coaches. I don't even know. And a bunch of different staff, and so they always are reporting back to us where the we know what the primary issues that they're hearing back from their their coaching clients. Because so we have coaching clients all over the United States, we have literally tens of thousands of coaching clients. So I think we've got a pretty good read on what the uh, collective zeitgeist is of all of you. And so when we present a topic on the podcast, let alone a series of uh, topics on podcasts, it is directly from what we know is going to help a majority of you the most. And that is certainly the theme with today's show. Now, I want to remind all of you guys um, that, yes, the election is going to happen, what, next week? Mm-hmm. Thank God that's going to be over with. Seriously. And I hope it does get over with. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I'll i tell you what we've noticed from um, our perspective, watching all the, you know, the KPIs in our coaching business, the key performance indicators, that um, the attentiveness uh, to all of our media, our podcasting and our coaching calls hasn't dropped off. But we are seeing, and I'm sure you guys are seeing this too, a lot of people that are uh, you know tentative about making decisions. And they're using the election as sort of the backdrop for doing just about anything, which is kind of, I don't know, it's just crazy. Uh, but what we are sensing and what we're, we think is going to happen is there is going to be another surge of activity before the end of the year after the election. Because it does feel like a lot of people have been putting off, you know, just transacting in general, not just in real estate, but in anything they've been putting off until after the election. It's like the week of pause is going on. Well, it's more like two weeks, really. Um, And so the other thing you got to keep in mind, too, is be prepared. This is going to be sort of counterintuitive to the way you've maybe operated in the past in your real estate practice because you're used to sort of kicking your proverbial feet up on your proverbial desk and sort of coasting out the rest of the year mentally and emotionally just to the expectation there's going to be less demand. So this is your opportunity to take a breath. That's how a lot of you have been operating. Well, hopefully after listening to our show and maybe becoming one of our coaching clients, you realize that fourth quarter, which we're in the midst of right now, is the most important quarter of the year because it sets the stage for what's going to happen or won't happen the following year for yourself and your business. So do not slack off. Do not over relax or take too many days off. Do not be like most people where yes, you're going to have a week off or maybe a few days off for Thanksgiving, but don't make it Thanksgiving a three week holiday, a week beforehand, a week after. And, and Halloween for some reason, like the last 10 years has become another sort of like national holiday, which I don't quite understand. So consumer behavior is going to be, you know, they're going to, you know, your buyers and sellers, right? They're going to use the holidays as an excuse, but you can't use the holidays as an excuse. The exact opposite should be true. This is the perfect time of year to be drilling down on lead generation. So again, you're setting the table for next year uh, so that when the calendar ticks over to 2021, you're actually going to have a lot of momentum versus having to rebuild your momentum. Um, And when the winds are, you know, the winds are at your, your, your back now, come next year, who knows? But certainly one thing you can bet for sure 
um, is that it's going to be a lot of weirdness, the same as this year, uh, combined with the fact that you're going to have, you know, maybe changing economic situations that are going to start affecting the globe. So build your inventory now, at least have the conversation started and, and follow the real estate treasure map. If you guys haven't completed the real estate treasure map, if you're at, uh, you know, you don't know what direction you should be going in your business right now. The real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. That's going to help you think forward into 2021 and beyond. But in addition to that, there's also the 90-day massive action plan. You get both of these plans for free, telling you exactly what you should be doing every single day. All you have to do is text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Text the word SURVIVAL to 31996, and we'll text you back a link to join uh, the free coaching program. And when you do that, you click, you're going to get the link, click the link. You're then going to sign yourself up for the coaching program. And that's going to allow you, obviously, to participate in the free coaching program. Now, please don't be confused. The free coaching program is probably 3 to 5% of what the normal coaching program is. But it's free, and it's a great place for all of you guys to have direction for the rest of the year into next year. All this makes sense, Julie? Yes, absolutely. So I've got a question for you. Mm. You know, we've been talking a lot about low inventory and how to find inventory. That is sort of the question du jour these days. Would you say that in that kind of environment, listing presentations and, you know, getting listings is more or less competitive? Um, I would say, I mean, the obvious answer is more, and I know that's what you're wanting to tell me, but I would actually, or you're wanting me to say, but I would actually say less because a lot of agents have given up. Well, that's true. That's true. Some agents are washing out, unfortunately. Um, and, and, or struggling well, with washing buyers. out for the year for the year. Yeah, sure. And really, you know, under our watch, that's not really acceptable unless you've made all the money and you just want to take a couple months off. We've got some coaching clients that are in that position, Absolutely. you know, and good for you guys. That's fantastic. But remember to your earlier point, fourth quarter is really like your, uh, extra ramp up quarter for next year. Pretend this is first quarter and there's five quarters next year. Okay. So what I'm hearing with coaching students is, you know, I saw this little discussion on one of the, you know, Facebook realtor pages and, and agents were saying, does it feel like it's slowing down? And then other agents were saying, well, only because there's nothing left to sell. Right. And then they were complaining about every time they get a listing lead, they're not used to having to compete for it because everyone wants listings right now. So that brought up a little reminder in the Harris Rules book. Rule number nine doesn't just say you've got to be the best listing agent. It explains how to be the best listing agent in your market. There is an actual seven-step process. Now, we're going to go over that uh, again in the coaching today. So I'm actually going to fast forward to that because they should be getting the book from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, some of the airports. Amazon, or, you know, I think Amazon's the easy button on that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, but here's the exciting thing. I love oh, this. by the way, over 400 five-star reviews now. Yes, so make yours the next one. And did you see the statement from the uh, publisher that book is still selling in the thousands? Yes, which is awesome. So thank you guys awesome. for doing that. And you guys would yep. think we're getting rich off this book. Nothing could be further from the <laughs> truth. No. Publishing books nowadays basically produces you virtually – Basically, no money. I mean, at the end of the day. So we ask you to buy the book because we know it's going to give you direction, not because it's going to make us rich. Because really, publishing doesn't make you rich at all anymore in any way. And it's a lot of work. And it's a lot of work. You know, one of the things that we tried to do in the book was pull together a lot of different podcast topics, coaching topics, things that you guys need, and make them all make sense together instead of feeling like, well, that was meaningful, but I don't really understand this piece and how do they go together. So get the book. And this is rule number nine, be the best listing agent in your market. Make sure that you're following the seven-step listing process. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit, Tim. 
This is something that our coaching clients, especially in Premier, because I, you know, I hear from them all the time, and our elite coaching clients, they are doing this and it's making a huge impact on how they approach listings, okay? So we're gonna talk about having an actual pre-listing routine, a pre-listing prayer or creed. It's critical to the listing presentation itself. So let me pose you a question. Are you listeners walking up to that listing appointment thinking, well, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't, maybe we'll hit it off, maybe we won't. I hope they're my personality style. Is that your plan? Or are you actually systematically programming yourself for success? So analogy, and I like, I remember helping you write this uh, chapter. The analogy for this would specifically, would be like, for example, uh, a great coach, right? Before the big game, he's going to go to the locker room. He's going to obviously get people pumped up. Sometimes it's a lot of energy and enthusiasm. Other times it's essentially going to be more calmer. It's going to be different approaches to achieve the same result, which is absolute focus on the mission. Um, and every every sort of professional, you know, I remember hearing someone tell me that they were on stage with Tony Robbins and they were back uh, and, you know, be- before Tony goes on stage, Tony has this routine where he basically goes to a room where no one can hear him and he starts screaming and pumping his arms and basically pumping himself up. So he pumps himself up and that's his routine that he does before every event. Um, and, you know, everyone who is a professional has a similar pattern to prepare that is going, you're a professional musician, people who are professionals uh, do have a system to follow, and yet real estate agents don't. Yes, and in fact, you and I witnessed this once at a Formula One race. I think it was Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, it was maybe? Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, and he was uh, sitting next to his car, getting ready for the. He was basically uh, the hiding. Lap. He was hiding behind a, a barrier or a wall. Yeah, but he—you could tell he was like in his zone doing his routine. He was doing a little dance listening. If you guys don't follow Formula One, you don't know what we're talking about. But he was just doing this little dance nobody was supposed to see. We had really great seats so we could see. And he was just doing this little dance, pumping himself up. It was actually quite entertaining to uh, watch. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, but we could tell what he was up to. Um, When the Olympics are on, I like to watch the athletes before they go into their routine, especially gymnastics and ice skating. But you could really, it could be anything. And I try to predict, a little game I play, I try to to predict who's going to do the best based on what their pre-routine looks like. Do they look like they're absolutely freaking out and about to, you know, go barf in the bathroom? Or do they look like they really are focused? So let's, let's put another spin on this. There's something known as the Rifleman's Creed. It's also been called My Rifle, the Creed of the United States Marine. Every Marine has, is actually required to memorize it. And every Marine must live by it. Here's a little excerpt. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. It is my life. I must master it as I master my life. My rifle without me is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless. I must fire my rifle true. I must shoot straighter than the enemy who is trying to kill me. I must shoot him before he shoots me. I will. My rifle and myself know that what counts in war are not the rounds we fire, the noise we burst, or the smoke we make. We know that it's the hits that count, and it it goes on, obviously. My rifle and myself are the defenders of my country. We are the masters of the enemy. We are the saviors of my life. So be it until victory is America's and there is no enemy but peace. That's what Marines say before they go into battle and, you know, defend us. So, okay, so that's one way to look at it. We also like uh, from different spin, same idea, Pastor Joel Olstein uses another positive and powerful short prayer to open each of his messages. It goes like this. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Okay, so that's a shorter but same 
you know, similar things. So you guess what? Be, you wouldn't be funny. We wrote one for the listing agent. But you know, it'd be funny is Joel Olstein actually started every church service reading the Marines. The Marine one? With the rifle. <laughs> just to make them pay Exactly. They'd be like, what? <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So hopefully you guys are getting the point. You need to be prepared. You need to have your mind straight before you go in and make sure that you're going to be of service to the person you're in front of. So we helped you out with this. And you guys can get this from the book. You can modify it. You can personalize it. Make it your own. So again, the point of this is to read this. This becomes your pre-listing uh, mantra. Read it in your car. Read it before you get out of your car. You know, get your Memorize head, it. get your head space right. So then when you walk into that house with that seller, you're very clearly focused. And I'm assuming that most of you are going to follow the listing presentation that we created that works in all price ranges and all market conditions and every, you know, continued facet of this changing market, the listing presentation that we teach you guys as part of a premier coaching, which obviously is part of the whole listing process, which is part of our pre-listing process, part of all the things we teach you, that is the core focus of premier coaching. So you, if you don't have a listing process, a listing presentation, if you're not organized, if you're not practiced in knowing, it'd be like the Marine not knowing how to load his gun. So unless you actually have the tools necessary to win the listing, the greatest mantra in the world is not going to make you. It's not going to help you achieve that goal because you're going to not have earned the right to be that list that seller's a listing agent because of the fact you did not take the time to learn the skills to be that seller's listing agent. That's exactly right. So that's what we can help you with. This is right out of the Harris Rules book, but also. Uh, in the coaching program, as well as we dedicated a podcast to the concept of don't go if you don't know. That's a skills-based pre-listing routine where you know what the seller has in mind for price, you know what their motivation is, you know what their time frame is, if they're buying or selling or both, if they're talking to other agents. So there is more to this, but I wanted to go over this because we hadn't talked about it on a podcast yet. So here's your pre-listing creed or prayer. This is my listing presentation. It shows that I am of service here to help this homeowner accomplish his or her goals. I am well prepared, and today I will ask caring questions and listen to the answers. I will show that I have what it takes to be the highest quality agent for this task. This homeowner will like and trust me. I'm grateful to be here. I'm ready to do my job at the highest level possible. I will not leave without a commitment. This is my next listing. Is that how you guys are approaching your listings? Some of you probably. I know a lot of our coaching clients take it that seriously. You're there for a reason. And, you know, we used to say, boy, if you're in a listing presentation, you better get it, you know, because what do you have involved when you follow the seven-step process? You've generated the lead in the first place. You've pre-qualified them. Well, you've done your lead follow-up. You've pre-qualified. You've done a CMA. That took some time. Sometimes you preview before you go. You do your research. You call the seller again. Make sure you know what's going on. And there also might be a buyer side riding on this. So here's the magic that happens on the other side of following our approach to going after listings is that you want to go on more listing appointments. Yeah. They're not just ab- they're not just aberrations in your year. They're not just some things that happen, you know, unpredictably now and then. When you know when you have a proven drilled down uh, listing a pre-listing pack and a listing process and a listing presentation that you know is going to score you that listing nine times out of ten. When you know how to answer the seller's questions, when you know how to basically, you know, you're performing at the highest level as yourself as a real estate sales professional. When you have that skill set and then the mindset that follows, and remember I said it in that order, guys, skill set, then mindset. Don't try to have the mindset, then the skill set, because then what will happen is your mindset will never be strong enough because your mindset's going to be saying like, dude, what are you saying to yourself that you have all this, you know, 
essentially yeah. care and feeding when you know you don't have the skills that actually get the listing. You, you learn and you improve your mindset when you're in action. If you do it the opposite direction, you're never going to get into action. And if you do get into action, you won't, you, you might think you can take the listing, but if you don't know what to do and what to say, a competitor is going to hand you your lunch. And probably that competitor is going to be coached by us. You know, that's, that happens More than a lot. Likely. And you know, it is kind of funny. I, I'm just a quick aside. I had somebody text me who competed against a well-known, one of our personal clients, um, and he lost. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying, well, Tim, can you teach me the same exact process that you taught him? And the answer was, of course. Yeah, you know, just course. But still, even that, even though they're going to hypothetically be using the same content to compete with the same sellers, the reality of it is, is that what comes after that is where the real salesmanship comes in. Yeah. Right? That's where you can start interjecting a little bit of your personality and your je ne sais quoi. But it's not until – if. But, but what most agents do is they never have the skill set. They're just trying to get it with their winning personalities or their familial connections or their social connections. But they really have no listing presentation, no listing process. Yes, that's a key thing that you just said there. And there's a lot of agents that can survive on that for a while, right, on their personality, their connections. And that's because – you're going on listings with people who already know you, okay? Totally different than competitive listing situations where maybe you kind of know them, but they're also interviewing the person that sold them the house, the person they golf with, and maybe their spouse's contact. And, you know, they like all of you, but somebody's going to be more skilled. Here's the interesting thing. A lot of you guys think that the only way you get listings is centers of influence and past clients. The only way you get listings is essentially, you know, that sort of business. And and that if you have to compete against someone that the seller knows, you're not going to take the listing. That's absolutely not true. There is no reason that you can't take listings from sellers that you've never met before other than just basically, you know, a, a lead from a phone call or something of that nature. You can go out and list houses in any price range in any market condition. When people learn how to actually be professional listing agents, that also gives you something called freedom because you're not married to a particular geographic area. Agents who are centers of influence and past client, you know, that's what they do. That's their only thing. Um, or they're, you know, essentially have really invested themselves in a small geographic area. They've built themselves a nice golden cage, and those skills are not transferable. If you get sick of living in Ohio and dealing with Ohio winters like Julie and I did, you want to move to some place where it's 70 degrees year-round, um, and, and your business is solely based on that local geography, or it's solely based on buying leads, it's, you know, all these other normal things that agents have, you know, have, have done, and you don't have the skill sets that will transfer to a different market, you can't move. You're there forever because you've over-invested that particular market. If you know how to proactively lead generate, you can go anywhere that you have a real estate license, obviously. You can do what we instruct you to do, and you'll be able to take listings. And we've had thousands of coaching clients that have had the freedom um, because they had the skill set that they could go anywhere in the market, anywhere in the country, and they could then essentially replace the business that they had where they started. That's the gift of having skills. That's the gift of essentially, you know, having the 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 angstfulness to develop the real, you know, drilled down skills and knowing how to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That gives you freedom. Yes. And that's what we want for all of you guys. So really where you, the rubber meets the road on this conversation is that one of the number one projects every single one of you should have in your real estate business, no matter how seasoned and grizzled you are, is that you have to get better at listing properties because the competition from the listing side is going to be fierce in 2021 and forward because of all the things we talk about on this podcast, the iBuyers and all these other sort of, you know, new model real estate entities that are entering in. You can compete. You can win. You There's nobody out there. There's no great idea that you can't equally match 
You just have to basically have earned the right to win the listing over the iBuyer, in the li- listing over the big team. Well, it's not it, even that, Tim. You know what we're or the discounter. More of? We're seeing a lot more for sale by owners right now. Yeah. Okay, so sometimes you're not even competing against another agent. You're competing against somebody's thought they can do a better job on their own than you can. Right. Well, I mean, on some markets, the, you know, the sellers are able to sell their houses uh, themselves so fast. But guys, guess what? That seller often is going to have a, you know, they're going to have to buy something on the up leg. Exactly. So start the conversation there just because it's a FISBO. And maybe that, you know, I have coaching clients, Julie does too, where they are in markets where, fit, where the houses sell themselves. Well, we do have something called the flexible fee, yep. which is part of the, uh, the pre-listing pack. And when Julie and I were selling real estate, certain, uh, you know, some of the markets we worked in, they were easy, you know, FISBOs were very uh, effective there. And so we developed the flexible fee and that allows the seller to, in some cases, you know, they can still try to sell the house themselves while the property is listed with you. This is all what we teach you in the pre-listing, part of the pre-listing pack and the listing presentation. Again, what we've done with the system that we've created, if we, if we essentially we've removed all the objections, all the things you fear about uh, having come out of the mouths of the sellers when you're in listing appointments. We cover the, you know, in the pre-listing pack, the commission's covered, the service guarantees are covered. It's all basically risk reversal. So the seller has an easy decision when they decide to hire you. And the other thing about our system is we wanted to create a system that did all the heavy lifting for you prior to getting to the seller's house. In other words, we wanted to create a system that made it so the seller's questions, and maybe even some questions they hadn't thought of, were completely answered prior to you getting there so that when you were at the seller's house, the only thing really to do is follow our listing presentation, uh, you know, use the, the system we call the Sharpie Close, and that whole process takes 15 or 20 minutes. But it takes a really effective pre-listing pack like the one we've created to make it so that when you're at the seller's house, all the tension that's normally there when you're meeting with a seller, especially when you don't know, but really any seller is gone. They're not going to have to ask what you're doing to market the home. They're not going to have to ask what you're doing to communicate with them, what you're going to charge as far as commissions, what you're going to do as far as you know uh, internet marketing, what you're going to da 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 It's all there. So all their questions have been answered ahead of time. And also part of our pre-listing pack, and you guys will love this, except if you're the one competing against this, is we, in our pre-listing pack, give you guys... A, a que- it's 20, what, it's 20 or 25, 21. Uh, 21 questions? Yep. Okay. 21 questions that the seller is uh, given. So it's imagine this. It's a form. It's designed for the seller to use when interviewing your competitors. So it's a question, like one of the questions is, um, you know, remember, this is a seller asking someone that the uh, seller is considering hiring as their listing agent. And the question might be, for example, what, you know, Mr. Potential Listing Agent or Mrs. Potential Listing Agent, what's your average days on the market? Okay. And then underneath that, in brackets, it says what your average days on the market is. So Tim and Julie's average days on the market is, you know, whatever it is, right? 6.3 days or, you know, 21.7 or whatever it is. Um, and our, when we sold real estate, ours was uh, 91 and the average for the MLS was 183 or something crazy. That yeah. Sounds about right. So over six months. So, you know, Mr. Seller, what is an addition, you know, what would it mean to you to sell your house in half the time? And that was our averages. And we are, you know, exposing the fact that the averages were for the MLS. And then the seller's asking, you know, the potential agent that you're competing with that question. And then they're going to quickly figure out that not only does the listing agent not really know what their days on the market is, they're probably going to lie to try to cover yeah. up the fact that they don't know what their listing, what their average days on the market is. And these questions on this question form get progressively harder. Again, the des- it's designed to make the seller be very wise as to who they're hiring for the job of selling their home. So they are only going to list with you because at the end, and I remember when Julie and I were going and listing appointments, when the sellers had used these, you would, you would see the 
you know, when you get to, again, we teach you this as, as far as our uh, listing process. When you're sitting at the table with the seller, um, you ask the seller to bring the pre-listing uh, pre pack over. And then again, the pre-listing pack is designed in such a way that you can tell exactly what their, uh, what pages they read. You can essentially see if they've used the questionnaire thing, if they interviewed other agents, all this stuff. But you can also see how far down on the list of 20 questions or 21 questions they got when interviewing that pr uh, prospective, um, you know, that agent, how far they got down the list. And I don't remember a single time where the seller had asked the agents more than maybe four to six of the questions. And the reason that they stopped asking the agents those questions is because they realized that the agents didn't know the answer. And asking the agents these questions that was making them squirm probably made the seller uncomfortable, made the agent uncomfortable. But what it really does is shown light on the fact that you know this agent is not as skilled and competent as, say, for example, Julie and I were. And we took lots and lots of listings just off that form. Matter of fact, I can tell you guys stories. It sounds like it's made up, but it's not. And a couple of the markets where Julie and I would sell real estate, we get called out on listing appointments. You know, maybe we you know called them, we proactively lead generated them or whatever. So we had a listing appointment, and there was a while where we were going on usually two, but sometimes three appointments a day. We ended up actually having to have someone help us with listing appointments. They were you know was coming so fast and furious. But here's what would happen in this particular market. Um, you know, maybe the seller felt inclined to interview three different agents. We would walk up to sellers' houses on the you know day and time of our appointment, um, and the seller would oftentimes have already filled out the listing paperwork because that's one of the things we want you guys to do is include the listing paperwork in your pre-listing pack, already filled out. Um, and you're going to say, well, how do we come up with a price? I tell you that. Julie and I tell you how to do that in the coaching program. You know, and the the seller would have already filled out the paperwork, just handed us the contract. And basically, we didn't even need to you know, present. It was already done because they used our pre-listing pack. You think I'm exaggerating, but I am not. That's what happens when you're dominant in a marketplace. But what did we do? What was really doing the work for us? It was the pre-listing pack. The pre-listing pack had pre-sold Julie and I, had done all the heavy lifting with regards to answering all the tough questions, and had put the seller in a position where they were making a knowledgeable decision based on that 21-question thing we gave them, not just an emotional one or not just because of social connections. So this is what you're, this is what's called being competitive. This is what's called winning. So you guys need to take seriously this time of year and really drill down on your, your listing skills. And if you're a seasoned veteran and you don't, you know, you take listings, I want you to think, okay, and I'll tell you what the answer is. Most agents are satisfied taking half the listings they go on. Julie talked about this a second ago. Half the listings you take on is an F. If Zoe came home from school and she was only, you know, getting half the questions right on her tests, she would be failing. Well, if you're only taking half the listings you're going on, you are failing. So why are you failing? And here's what agents do. They rationalize their failures. The other agent told them a higher price. The other agent that the seller hired must have had a social connection. All this rationalization opposed to actually owning the fact that you didn't get the listing because you were not good enough. You have, when you fail, you have to fully engage in the feeling of failure because that fear or that horrible feeling is going to cause you to actually get better. If you rationalize not suffering the feeling of failure, there's going to be nothing that's going to force you to actually expand you know, your skill set so you can not fail again. Um, and unfortunately, most agents come to us after having had their butts handed to them in listing appointments numerous times, and then they realize that their cat and monkey show that they had woven together for a listing presentation really was kind of terrible, and it wasn't designed to actually help the seller make a decision to hire them. And that's, you know, frankly, how a lot of you guys discover us. It's because you want to learn how to be powerful listing agents. 
So the moral of the story here is this time of year, even if you're again, if you're a seasoned veteran agent and you've got to take a hard look at the fact that you could do better. If you're a new agent, obviously you've got, you know, you're blessed because you have a lot of, uh, you know, room to improve. Don't learn bad things that you have to unlearn. Don't waste your time doing dumb things that you're going to have to basically, you know, be angry at yourself in the future for having wasted time doing. Drill down. Remember this business, this industry, life in general, is all about being of service to other people. The way you're service to other people is not more TikTok videos or Facebook posts or liking somebody's whatever. The way you're of service to someone is you solve their problem. And the problem that these folks have is getting their house sold for the most money, least amount of time, the short, you know, with the fewest hassles, right? That is what your objective is. That is what your goal is. And you have to earn the skills. If you want to do all the, you know, the silliness that's being pushed on agents as far as what you guys should be doing as far as building your businesses, do it after you have a killer skill set. Do it after you have, you know how to proactively lead generate, not before. This just kind of intuitively makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I mean, think any professional, for example, just it's always funny to think like you need to hire a dentist, right? Let's just say a dentist, to, you know, replace a um, uh, whatever, right? Some dental issue. Well, if that dentist has, you know, they're calling themselves a dentist, like you guys, you know, call yourself real estate professionals, but the dentist actually maybe didn't really go to real estate or didn't go to dental school. They maybe sort of just did a night school thing, didn't really have any actual experience. But damn, this dentist has got great marketing, man. They're all over Facebook, all over everything social. And they look like fantastic, fun-loving people. But then you go to their dental practice and you're you know, sitting there waiting to have your tooth worked on. And you quickly realize from just talking to this person that it was all fluff. They don't actually have the skill set to solve your problem. Do you see how when you're thinking of yourself as a professional, you have to be the person that knows how to solve the problem first? And here's the little secret that nobody tells you. When you are known as the person that can solve problems and selling a house is solving a problem at a high level, you will not have to do any of the fluff because the business will actually start coming to you because you'll have a reputation for somebody who's a true professional. And we have thousands of coaching clients out there that are the top producers in the country, making millions of dollars per year, a lot of these agents. And you will not have ever heard of them because they focus on being of service to their sellers. They don't do fluff. Actually, I know Chuck Williamson is listening. I'm thinking of Chuck Williamson as I'm talking. Chuck Williamson has maybe an assistant and a half. He's going to do, I don't even know how much in commissions this year, uh, millions of dollars in commissions. He sells, at, he's most, I think like 200, maybe 250 units. Um, he is in, um, I'm trying to remember, Wilson, North Carolina. Uh, his, you know, his whole business is predicated on proactive lead generation. I had to show him how to use a Facebook business page. And he's younger than me, okay? Well, I'm not criticizing him. I was complimenting him. I was glad he'd never wasted any of the time with that because, you know what? It wouldn't have done anything to help him lead generate in the truest sense because he goes right after the most motivated sellers and he has the skill set to convert the listings, convert those conversations into listing appointments. Isn't that what all of you truly want? Isn't it? It is, right? You want to be a listing agent because that's where you get leverage. That's where you start to create, you know, frankly, lots of profit. And with that profit, you reinvest where you become rich. So I get a text this morning from Chuck. And Chuck has found a beautiful house on a lake um, in North Carolina, I assume. I didn't ask that he wants to buy. And he was asking me, well, Tim, does it make any sense 
to purchase a property um, when I'm probably buying at the top of the market where there probably won't be any appreciation. Basically, it was kind of conceding that it was going to be a crappy investment. To which I responded, Chuck, when you earn as much money as you have, when you've been as successful for as long as you have at the level that you have, what difference does it make? All decisions with regards to money do not have to basically be with return on investment in mind. And then I ended it with, you only live once and you're dead a real long time, which he appreciated. And I'm hoping to get pictures, Chuck, of the cabin on the lake that you're buying. Okay, so send them. I'm going to see them. So moral of the story here, guys, is what you want in this business comes on the other side of long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Julie and I will never change our message to placate the trends. We will always tell you the truth, even when you don't want to hear it. And when you fall and skin your knee, we will help you get up and we'll say, uh, you know, did you hurt the sidewalk like any good, you know, parental figure would, right? It's an old, that's what my dad always just say to us. You guys get the joke, right? Um, and then we're going to set you back on course and get you back to work. That is what the job of a coach is. It's not just the rah-rah and make you feel good. It's making you suffer the pain, learn from the pain, pick yourself back up again and get back in the ring. That's what you should be doing for yourself or allowing us to do for you. That's how you get better. And you don't have to wait decades and decades to become a dominant listing agent. You can do it right out of the gates. Julie and I did our first year in the business when we sold 103 houses. We had no previous real estate experience to speak of. We bought a house in college. That'd been about it. Um, and uh, yeah, and how did we do it? Exactly like what we're suggesting all of you guys do as part of our coaching program. Now, clearly over the last you know two decades, um, the systems and the practices and everything that we have you guys do as part of our coaching program is vastly superior to what we were doing in our early 20s. But the moral of the story is, is that what we did in our early 20s was the real work of real estate. It's the same thing that Chuck is doing now. It's the same thing that the top listing agents in the country are doing. I'll give you another example. Jade Mills, you guys know her. She's quite famous in real estate and she's on the West Coast and she sells luxury real estate. She has, you know, probably one of the best reputations. Now I I know in the current vernacular, I'm supposed to say brands, but I'm not going to because what a brand is, brands are being branding is being sold to you guys as some sort of shortcut to actually having built a reputation, which by the way, that's another great lie. So anyway, she has a great reputation of being you know, one of the most successful agents, certainly in LA and, and let alone the country. And I was interviewing her and you guys can Google search this and you'll find the podcast. It's from a while ago, but she was, um, I, we were talking about teams. And you know what? It was funny. I asked her how many people were on her team. I already knew the answer, but I asked her, so I wanted her to talk about it. And she paused. And I know why she paused before she answered the question. I'll tell you in a second. Then she says, I don't have a team. This is what I do. This is the reason I do it the way I do it. And now, what was the point? She knows that teams and a lot of these other things have become almost like political or religious movements. Uh, in other words, if you're not pro this or pro that, somehow you're not you know, part of the modern real estate zeitgeist. Or just, it's craziness. So she then went off to explain that her customers obviously do business with her and you know she wants to make sure that they never feel delegated and she's doing expensive stuff. But the real reason why is because she knew, and she and I talked about this on the podcast, that teams are not profitable. And, not more, and more than that, the team model, as it's been pushed upon most of the industry that you guys are sort of seemingly following blindly, uh, blindly is does not equal, it may equal more transactions, it may equal more uh, dollar volume, 
And you may think, well, I'm delegating everything, so I'm taking myself out of the front lines of dealing with buyers or sellers. But you're just replacing the work that you were doing before working with buyers and sellers, now working and worrying about your team. And ultimately, the most efficient and profitable real estate practices are done like Chuck Williamson, are done like Jade Mills, are done like Rob Johnson in Connecticut, the number one agent in Connecticut, are done you know, by people who understand that when they're building a business, that the, the point of the real estate business you know, you don't get rich selling real estate, guys, as we say all the time. You get rich from the profits that come from selling real estate. And if you don't have profits, then guess what? You have no chance of ever being financially free. So hopefully all these messages appeal to you. Obviously they do, or this wouldn't be the number one listened to daily podcast in the nation. Do take Julie's advice. Get the book, Harris Rules. Do not let yourself just sort of coast into the new year. Hold yourself accountable to making next year your best year ever. Not just an okay year, not just a continuation of this year, but knock it out of the park. Why not? Why not just hit the hard reset, load in new software, and attack 2021? Don't worry about all the things that you know the media is telling you to worry about. You know, Hit the who cares button on that one. You just focus on making your 2021 the best year ever. For physical, you know, focus on physical, focus on financial, focus on the things that matter to you. But as a real estate professional, next year is going to be one of, we're entering into what we think is a long-term trend where real estate is going to absolutely take off and go to the next level like we've never experienced before. It's going to be, you are in the right place at the right time. Now, it's really important that you move away from the fluff and the bright, shiny eye and you drill down and accept the fact that if you want to be relevant, if you want to be rich, you've got to have the skill sets to earn the right to be of service to other sell- to sellers primarily. And if you're not doing that, you're going to quickly find yourself becoming obsolete. Listen to our past podcast, guys. Don't fear change. Embrace it. Let, a- let your competitors fear it. You embrace it. You look for it. You love it. And then you basically become part of it. And in your own markets, you know, you become the change agent. Don't be don't be afraid to be the only agent that's not doing all the silly things that makes agents broke and, and teams broke and you know brokers broke. Be the agent that actually runs a profitable business. Be the agent that actually becomes independently wealthy from the investments you buy from the profit you create from your real estate business. You are in the right business. You this is the right time, but it's all dependent on whether or not you're going to do the smart thing and take the right actions. So guys, drill down, be impatient. Don't give yourself a break. Don't stop and smell the roses, okay? Don't wait to feel the passion. Just do the work. On the other side of that is what you want in life, I promise you. Consider getting the book, Harris Rules. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at Amazon.com. It's available everywhere, really. Um, And yes, thank you for making the book a bestseller. Thank you for all of you guys who have given us five-star reviews on, you know, iTunes and all the other places. We certainly appreciate it. And thank you for continuing this, to make this number one listen to daily podcast for agents. If you guys need me for anything, you can always text me directly, 512-758-0206, especially if you want to talk with me about joining our EXP group. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206. Thank you. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.